Oh yeah, here we go, practice acquisition. There are pitfalls throughout the entire process. Hey guys, welcome again for being part of the program. This episode with uh, a, a dear friend of mine, we, we get into a lot of really good stuff where we're discussing kind of like how to narrow down uh, a buyer and if it, if the buyer is the right fit for a seller, like the top questions practice brokers ask to narrow down the fit. I think that's really important because when you're approaching a practice broker, you want to be careful about what you say and how you say it because they are thinking pre-qualify this conversation to potentially fit you to whatever practices that they have listings. We talk also about like the difference between a fine, a well-oiled machine practice versus the fixer-upper practice and the differences there and the strategies there. Big picture, what I took away from this episode is, is how this particular broker really thinks about how the buyer is gonna be successful post-transaction. If you're working with a practice broker that isn't asking you as many questions as this guy talks about, then you're going to know quickly if you're being sold a practice or if this practice broker is working with you to be successful in the transaction. And that's the key, folks. Brokers want you as the buyer to be successful. And what's great about this episode is this particular guy really does care about that. And he's gonna ask you a lot of questions. And if you don't have the answers to some of these questions, you gotta get super clear about that before you approach the practice brokers. Because the, if you're unclear, then they're gonna be unclear. And I think that's the message. Let's get into it. Acquisition Uncensored. The truth when buying and selling a dental practice. And now your host, Michael Dincio. All right, all right, everybody. Thanks again for participating, being part of the program, Acquisition Uncensored. We are in the middle of Shark Week, and we are working our way from coast to coast, interviewing the top practice brokers in the marketplace. And today, I have a special, special guest that participated in the program Startup Uncensored. Um, and it is uh, Joseph Rossi with JRA, the owner founder of the company. How's it going, Joe? Nice to meet you, man. A- hey, again, Mike, pleasure to be back. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me for uh, another season here. Are you kidding me? I mean, I had so many people uh, come up to me about the Startup Uncensored program. Like, who are those two yahoos? Those big personality Italian guys, just so passionate about what they did. And I was like, oh my gosh, those those guys are amazing. And I had a lot of comments. So if you missed that, folks, definitely check it out and watch that episode on Startup Uncensored. But we had to have you guys back because a a huge part of your business, um, in in a lot of ways, almost half, is represented on the acquisition side. And this is Acquisition Uncensored. uh, And we're, again, interviewing top brokers across the country. So Joe, again, thanks for being a part of this, man. Tell us a little bit about JRA. I I could stay high level, 10 practice brokers in the market, 
that specialize in real estate and practice sales, Chicago, Indianapolis, and Florida. But you guys really, uh, you, you, what's the story? How did you guys get into this? Yeah, Mike. So we've been around, we've been doing uh, dental real estate for about twelve years, and as uh, as the firm uh, grew, there was a need from uh, the doctors to get into transitions. Everybody wants to buy a practice. We had doctors who wanted to sell a practice, so we've been uh, full throttle on practice transitions for probably a little over uh, three years now, and it's been a real natural uh, type of progression because all of our startup clientele, of course, are interested in uh, acquiring a practice. Uh, who wouldn't, who wouldn't be interested in buying a good practice? Yeah, no, I, I mean, we were talking about this offline, how startup and acquisition really, there's so much crossover. Like I know you, we, we were talking about this, like so many people start down the startup path and then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I found this practice. You got to look at this or vice versa. I've been looking for a year. I can't find a practice. Screw this. I just want to get into business. I'm going to do a startup. And so to be an expert on both sides, and we both can say we're experts on both startup and acquisition, um, it, it's, it, you, we have a loaded gun. Well, there's a lot of consultants, a lot of people out there that can't help you with both. That makes you special over at JRA. Yeah, it makes you uh, just understand the options to practice ownership uh, so so much more than if a doctor's working with somebody who specializes in one or the other. And you're really not doing yourself uh, justice if you're not looking at all opportunities that are available to you and then truly uh, understanding them and kind of matching your your uh, your profile, your philosophy, your practice goals. There's just certain things that are very hard to attain if you want to do a startup or if you want to do an acquisition. And then once you kind of uh, align that philosophy, then it's a lot easier for us to uh, present opportunities for you. And a lot of people really don't actually know what is right for them until That's, you really yeah. get into the guts into the guts of it and you know that's that's probably an episode in itself that topic yeah, is like yeah. which one's best for you and i i know at next level i i did this webinar it's still a record holder on most attended webinar and the webinar is buy or build which one's right for you and we and i went through the pros and cons and but that's telling that so many doctors were interested in that topic Versus just doing a topic for startup or just do, doing a topic for acquisition yeah. because there's a I lot think, of noise there. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the uh, you one of the things we incorporated from I think it was that uh, that podcast that you did. It's uh, something like Are you a Are you an entrepreneur or do you like things a certain way? You you made the sentence and we use it all the time right here. But I thought it was like the most uh, encompassing line you could have. Uh, if you answer that question, you could figure out if you're a start or buy uh, candidate. Well, I'll, I'll be sending you trademark infringement yes, rights yes. and licenses on that later. But let's get into the acquisition. We literally we could talk about that topic all day. Shifting focuses now on acquisition and really staying in that lane. And 
let's get into it with the question. So I, I ask, I'm asking all the practice brokers, what's the most important thing a buyer uh, has coming to you when looking to buy a practice? Like you're the rep of the seller. Yes. And, and you want things from the buyer before you can take them seriously. Let's get into it because we remember we just went through banking yeah. and vision and how to find a practice. Now you're calling the broker. Remember, folks, you're calling the broker and and you're going to start having this dialogue. The broker wants to hear some things out of your mouth before they take you super seriously. So let's get into that. What, what do you want to hear? Yeah, I, I'm really looking to match, uh, really understand what a buyer is looking for and what a buyer's, you know, true and end goal is. And if that end goal matches well with what I know about our seller. And once we kind of, you know, get a number of uh, uh, questions answered, we'll know if it's worth pursuing. Uh, but it's all about the buyer's goals and what the buyer is looking to accomplish, what they're looking to find. And, you know, do you see this transaction coming to fruition at some point? And that's really what I like. You know, we may represent the seller, but I have to really understand what the buyer's needs are in order to make a successful transaction. You have to understand both parties' goals. I, folks, it's so refreshing to talk to practice brokers that talk like this. And maybe you all don't understand what I mean by that. And if you do, good. That means you're working with some great people in your market. But I've, I'm saying that because it's, it, notice that it's, it was really focused about the buyer, not the seller. That what he, how he just answered, I mean, listen, he's representing the seller but to make a, a successful transition, you do have to understand the buyer side. And that's what I heard you say, right, Joe? Yeah. And at the end of the day, as a broker, our end goal is to get a successful transaction. And again, the buyer and seller are equally involved. The big difference is in our markets, there is a lack of uh, inventory product, and it's all about availability for the buyer. There's only so many good practices available. Mm -hmm. And like the price that a seller is going to net is not going to vary too much between the buyers that are aligned with that seller's vision and the buyer's vision. So it's about making the, uh, uh, making the right fit so we don't have problems in due diligence or start negotiating on something where the true intentions of both parties really aren't there. You can't force it. Um, yeah. And again, it's a yeah. there's a lack of inventory of good practices. So if you're a practice buyer and you find the right opportunity, you got to jump on it. Well, let's, let's actually, let's get, get to that. Like what, what you're seeing um, in, in a moment, but, let me let me keep at it here. So, what are if do you get calls all the time or sometimes about buyers knowing exactly what they want, or do you get calls all the time 
where they don't really know what they want and they're just kind of yeah, fishing. I, mean, I think a lot of buyers just get naturally frustrated with the process of buying a practice because the practice, you're not going to find this hidden gem that checks off every box and is the perfect practice. Mm -hmm. That is very rarely out there. So mm -hmm. the process of pursuing practices is frustrating for uh, practice buyers. So you have to narrow it down. And like the ways, the, the ways that will narrow down what to look for is one, the, you know, the biggest one is the number of collections, the geographic area, the type of procedures that are being done, the type of insurances or uh, fee-for-service combination that that buyer is looking for. But just from those four factors, if those don't align with what a buyer is looking for, there is, there's, uh, there's not much to choose from from within the inventory, but just those factors, four factors alone could eliminate a good portion of our inventory. And then there's the whole consideration of, you know, do you want to add value to a practice or do you want to buy this fine oiled machine? And the fine mm -hmm. oiled machine is going to, uh, well, you could say it's going to cost you more, which is fine, but more it's, you're going to more have to take out larger debt to get that fine oiled machine and there's going to be competition in getting that fine oiled machine all right all right so big picture okay so wait you you just covered some really yeah, great, I, I great ground here that was so good all right so let, let me jump we can get to the 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 fine oiled machine versus the fixer upper i think that's a that's a great place to to go where, where we're headed but but before we get there narrowing it down i want to talk a little yeah. bit more about that so when buyers call you, and it's kind of funny because I'm leading the witness because I, I know I know what these I know what these calls sound like. This is for you guys, audience. This is not for me. This is for you. All right. So is it fair to say that if you don't really know what you're looking for, it can be a frustrating call for the practice broker? <laughs> yeah, but they're all, all the practice buyers are kind of looking for the same thing. I yeah. Want, I want a cash flowing practice <laughs> in a very good location with this type of provider base. Okay. That's what everybody wants. You know, it's, uh, uh, it, everybody wants the, the, the best parts of a practice, mm -hmm. but it, the question is more, what are you willing to sacrifice to get into practice ownership because you're probably not going to get everything that you want. So what parts of an imperfect practice are you willing to live with? I love that. So, so ge geography, size, type of procedure, fee for service versus PPO or a mix up. Let's get into that. Okay. So geography oftentimes is kind of a deal killer for people I found. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying it's the right, I'm just saying that's an easy one to quickly uh, qualify. Yeah, the, right? the most common answer I get is I'd be willing to drive an hour yeah. a day 
for the perfect practice. Which and, which is actually a long time. But yeah, you're in Chicago. Is, so. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so that might like, that might be like 50. four miles. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so okay. So drive time, lifestyle, all that for sure. Uh to me, of those four, types of procedures should be number one on the list, right? Because I I always say, folks, you've heard this, you know, your advisors, me as a buyer's rep, your CPAs, your attorneys, your whatever, we can, bankers, we can mitigate a lot of the business risk by checking off the boxes and making sure that uh, everything's checking out. What we cannot mitigate for you is if you can take the torch and run with it. And the only way to do that truly is to dig into the pr- the procedure, the procedures, right? Yeah, and that's the biggest value add or value loss depending upon your skill set. Uh, you know, and then everybody wants to practice with a, a stellar hygiene department where you can add to it. But if there's sophisticated procedures in a practice that you can't do, that's an instant value add loss. And that's something that's got to come up right away and be explained to all of the parties um, right away. And it typically that issue comes out once we have the first meeting with uh, the doctors, because they're all very proud of their skill set. You'll see them start talking to each other about, hey, do you do X, Y, and Z? And who do you use for this and that? And that's a, that's a huge component that should be addressed even sooner than it, it normally is. But on a practice perspective, you were provided what procedures are being done. Um, really pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah, really pay attention to that. Yeah, I mean, um, okay, that that's perfect. Um, you know, this concept of trying to find a unicorn is is a common theme with Shark Week, by the way. Yeah. All, the, all the practice records are saying the same thing that, you all are looking for a unicorn. And I like this approach of like, what are you willing to sacrifice? And maybe it's your real estate background, Joe, but like when you're showing people real estate, you, you kind of have to get a little creative with every situation that you look at to make it work with the doctor situation. So um, I, I like that, the, that, that thinking of kind of reverse engineering, uh, reverse engineering it. But size is another interesting thing, Joe. How do you... Yeah. Um, you know, like the banks really care about size because also because of size matters, size, ma- <laughs> size matters. Sorry, I had no, Hey, this is uncensored, Joe, that, 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 that <laughs> those kind of comments, you get bonus points on this show. Uh, so, so size does matter. However, um, size can also, um, too big could hurt. And definitely, and, and the, the reality is, is if you can't keep up with the production, that is, again, the greatest risk of an acquisition is that the practice starts taking a downward spiral because you can't keep up with the production. So how do you, as a broker, yeah. make sure that that success is there? Yeah, so whatever you're producing on your W-2 as an associate has to be somewhat in line with what you're acquiring or you need a plan to staff it with other uh, associate doctors but maintaining the income income stream of the productivity of the practice you're buying is of the utmost importance and you have a historical track record on 
what you're producing as an associate. And if you're taking, I don't know, over a 20% difference, uh, either, and then either way, if there's not enough productivity, that's also an issue too. But the productivity has to match uh, you historically, or you need a, a plan to compensate one way or another to maintain that productivity. And a, a lender is going to, a lender will bring that up uh, right away, but it should come up even naturally as you're looking through practice prospectuses and talking to buyer and seller. You know, this whole program is meant, meant for our listeners to be more prepared about the process. And I, I hope that our listeners have picked that up because there are actually ways to mitigate that, ways that I've mitigated that as an, as an ex-banker just because your production reports don't show the number that we need them to, there's a lot of ways that, that you can um, show a banker or show a seller or practice broker that you can't handle it. Looking at specific days and, and, and showing those days, maybe looking at your fee schedule, um, because fee schedules, if you're in an area that's got really low fees, that's going to hurt your production. I've had doctors that produced way higher, but their fee schedules were way better. And I've had bigger producers when their fee schedules are lower. So, um, so anyways, all right, let's switch. Let's switch. So uh, find well-oiled machine versus fixer upper. So why, why everybody wants the, the well-oiled machine? But they're going to sell quick and they're going to have a line of buyers out the door and it's going to go for top dollar. What? A, tell me about the fringe, the fringe deal. So this, this would be like maybe, maybe 600 or less, maybe 500 or less. Yeah, like even 500 or less is where you'll get really a nice value add. Uh, component, but even the practices at 600, if they're profitable and depending upon the infrastructure of the building, those will go quick too. Uh, but it, it, it's all about uh, how you like do. Do you want to do the sweat equity? Like I love a practice that's if it's 400,000, but in a good location, the value that you could add to it is a lot higher than buying that well-oiled machine. Because again, to buy the well-oiled machine, you're gonna have to take out a lot of debt. And the sweat equity component will give you a better uh, value proposition after 18 months or a year. That's why like, we kind of love the startup. Some startups do really well after 12 months, 18 months. I mean, you could create a ton of value that um, may or may not be created in a practice acquisition. There's ways to create, even buying the fine oil machine, there's ways to create value through sweat equity, but you have to have a specific uh, like plan for it. So if the, if the million five practice isn't referring out or is referring out all of their endo and you know there's x amount of endo cases there's instant value yeah so i don't want to say like the value add could be could happen at any price point it's all about what the what the purchasing doctor's plan is mm -hmm. yeah I, I always used to say this when i was in banking um there's two there, there's four scenarios when walking into 
everybody thinks that the bankers have two scenarios, a decline or an approval, a two, two scenarios, right? But really there's four scenarios that the outcomes are a decline or approval, but the four scenarios are really good cash flowing practice, really strong buyer scenario one. Yeah. That's an easy approval. Yeah. Or how about really strong practice, really weak buyer? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Then there's a scenario where it's really weak practice, really strong buyer. Could yeah. be also fringe deal, but probably yes. And then there's weak, weak. That's an easy, yeah. that's a no, right? And so, but I, folks, I hope you have picked up that like, sure, there's the process of this deal, but if anything, the more prepared you are walking into talking to a practice broker or a banker um, is going to help you out. But even more so, Joe's talked a lot about like having a transition plan for success and knowing how you're going to grow your value add, be, whether it's a smaller practice or a bigger practice. Yeah, we told them if you don't have a value add plan, what's the point of buying, buying a practice? Yeah, you have to. In, there's nothing wrong with maintaining, but you got the mindset of I'm going to add value. That's the good buyer. That's the good operator. And that's the guy who's just easier to work with um, in general. But regardless of the practice that you find, what is your value add pl uh, plan? And if it's just to hold on and to maintain, I don't, maybe you should be an associate then. Yeah. Yeah. What's the same? No, there isn't. We actually talked about that in the last episode, but um, what's the saying go? Uh, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Dying. I mean, maintaining is fine, but you know, the, but the well, the well-oiled machine, you'd be fine maintaining that probably it's making yeah. a ton of money. You're going to pay off your loan. It's, I would never say ownership easy straight that's fine but, there the problem with that mike is there's the, going to be the guy who knows how to add value to that and if you're a practice buyer competing with the guy buying the well oil machine that knows how to add value for it he's going to outbid you and yeah you're not going to get the practice oh okay now we're getting into some strategy on how to win the deal it's okay worth, it's worth more to them because they know this there is this value add component so a doctor who has this maintain type of philosophy, oh, how did I lose this practice? This other guy paid $300,000 more because they saw the value. So your value add philosophy translates into your acquiring of the practice. Uh, and that's a big factor. Okay, you've got my brain firing right now because as a buyer's rep, you know, I help doctors value the, the dental offices. I help them analyze it, find some red flags, if any, do the chart audit, all that good stuff. Right. And so, and so I always come up with that professional opinion of value. Right. But it's the doctor's decision on what they want to offer. And, and, and if we come up with that game plan of how to grow it, you're absolutely right. The op it's an opportunity cost of not moving forward on a particular opportunity. That doesn't necessarily mean that the practice is worth more. No, the practice is worth what it is. JRA is gonna, gonna appraise it, I'm gonna appraise it. The number is gonna be pretty similar, but the, the buyer that wins it 
yes. is also looking at the opportunity cost. That's what I heard from you. Right. All practice valuations aren't the same for every buyer. Uh, there is no set number on a practice. If somebody knows how to add value, regardless of what it's appraised at, that buyer is going to pay more for it and it's worth more to that buyer. Uh, maybe that buyer doesn't have your traditional uh, lending institution and they can pay cash for it. But the, the, price, the valuation of a practice is in the eye of the purchaser. And they're not only competing against what their bank says, what their accountant says, or what the market says, they're competing against the person who knows how to add value to it and is going to beat them to the punch. I couldn't, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with that, that more that the, the, man, I'm full of sayings today. Um, full of sayings today. It's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Right. Well, I was talking art. It's a big art uh, on the wall. And it's like, someone loves that. They're going to pay whatever the hell they want for it. Right. So um, yeah. And, and to a point, and we're talking about the well-oiled machine here. We're not talking about the $300,000, uh practice you know yeah yeah no no okay cool that i i love that um i love that piece uh because i do get the buyers that want it at all costs because they can see the opportunity let's talk about the fixer uppers though those are challenging because they don't have a ton of cash flow and sometimes you do have to think about the startup and 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 compare um, and sure, you can get a great value, but then the question is, is what didn't the seller do? Are you going to have the same issues? Like why? I'm almost asking the why behind it not taking off, right? Yeah, Joe? you're going to go back to what is my value add? And now at a smaller price point, your value add actually becomes a lot easier and it's a little different than the value add on the on the higher producing practice you know it's infrastructure making it look good uh, marketing procedures getting uh, uh credentialed with the with the right providers uh, a lower producing practice is going to have a lot more glaring issues to fix than the well-oiled machine and it's if you want to put the time and energy to do that uh, the issue we run into a lot is, do you want to put the time and energy into a practice that, you know, maybe the location is no good, or maybe the construction cost, you know, is going to be exorbitant, then a startup starts looking a lot better. Yeah. So it's yeah. all about the dollar amount investment. Like the yeah, it's, practices. And, compa and comparing again, the value add or the opportunity uh, cost, whatever you want to talk about, and then factoring in construction costs and ramp up and the, just the philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody wants the million and a half dollar practice. You know, some people want to be close to home to get a nice work life balance. Um, so they don't need or want the well-oiled machine, the fixer upper value add practice could make a ton of sense. Yeah. All right. Last question, Joe, you've been awesome. And uh, we even got a little uncensored uh, by you again, which is fantastic. You, you lived up to every expectation that I had. Uh, 
a little less mild today. I, I don't know. Are you having a bad day, Joe? Is it today a good nah, day? It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So here's here's my question. Um, Chicago. We're in Chicago right now, folks. And we're moving from west to east or east to west, however we arrange this Shark Week. What are the biggest issues? We kind of covered this in Shark Week startup uncensored was the real estate challenges of Chicago. But now you're, you're representing Indianapolis as well. So just in general, the markets that you serve yeah. in the Midwest, what are some of the hardest, what are some of the things that our listeners need to pay attention to in your markets compared to maybe a West Coast versus East Coast? Yeah. And regardless of the geographic, I think it kind of comes down to um, density. The denser, more not more sophisticated. I was about to say that. that. But the, the denser the market and the more competitive the market, the more important your site selection is. If you're in a small market with very few competitors and not so much density, location really doesn't matter that much. But when you're in a, a you know, like a metropolitan area, the location itself is everything. And regardless of the market, you want to have a, a brand that looks good, that people see, that is vibrant, and that is close to other traffic drivers, like a grocery store, like a Starbucks, like something that has great street visibility where your where your brand can be presented to the world. You're, it's going to be the first way your patients judge you is how your office looks and feels and how convenient it is. So regardless of uh, really market, I kind of go if it's rural, it's different story, but everything else, you need to have certain attributes about your real estate that um, are very important. And you know your leasehold options are going to be abundant or your purchase options are going to be limited. Yeah, and no. And there's that real estate experience, folks, that, you know, you get that crossover and having having a, a, a JRA in, in your in your on the other side is, is a huge value add because you get that real estate ex experience. Dude, thank, thank you so much, man, for being a part of the program. We, we always have fun with you and we're going to pump this out. But folks, uh, show notes below to get a hold of this, this, these guys. And yeah. they're just, you, the thing that I took away from this episode is they're buyer focused. They are, I, I hear it. He's thinking about how you can grow and showing you how this practice fits you. And it's, the, I love that um, because they are representing the seller. They've got a job to do, but they can, they can also help you uh, be successful. That's yeah, what I took away. Yeah, but we also have a practice buyer program where you can independently work with us, whether you're buying, uh, whether if you're buying a practice with another broker anywhere in the country, we do a whole uh, valuation on the practice. You're not allowed saying that, Joe. That's what oh, I do. You're not oh, allowed no, to. Yeah, no, no, Joe. <laughs> no, no, I love, no, I, I was going to, shh, shh, no, no, My but program I. Is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, these guys are excellent. I, I think I think uh, that we there could be a, a lot more of me in the market. There's only one me, and uh, and these guys are anything they're doing, they know what they're doing, 
and they're excellent at it. The uh, in the show notes, you're going to be able to get a hold of this this guy and and anybody else on their team. Um, so thanks again so much for being a part of the program. Uh, as always, uh, thank you, and um, and we'll see you on the next one, man. Hey, my my pleasure. Thanks so much for uh, having us again. Okay, talk to you. Tune in next time for another truth-filled episode of Acquisition Uncensored. We want to hear from you. Interact with your host, Michael Dincio. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Comment and subscribe.